singing those songs. And actually, one of the songs we sang, I wanted to read that scripture because it's one that was on my heart to share today. And so, you have to forgive me. Sometimes when I sense or feel the presence of the Lord, I'm a crier. Some people respond differently. Some people shout. But I had a lady one time at a meeting I went to with a women's group in another place we lived. And um, I just felt the anointing of God so strong. And I was just weeping and weeping. And she turned around and she thought that someone had offended her and she, uh, me. And she just thought I was upset about that. And I said, no, I'm just a crier. So if I cry today, um, I'm not sad, I'm not depressed. But you know, God, we're all individuals and we all respond differently to the presence of the Lord. And so it's okay to, to allow God to um, you know, flow through us in the way that he so wants to. But I just wanted to just say that maybe as a disclaimer, I don't plan on, but I was, I was, I do love the Holy Spirit because he kind of gives a theme and then when you hear the words in a song, it's just really extra special and I just don't know about you, but I don't know where I would be without the precious Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know where I'd be without Jesus, of course, and him being our savior and having a relationship with him. But I don't know, I don't know how we can make it in this life without the Holy Spirit, amen. And he's such a presence in our life. And a couple years ago, he started dealing with my heart and he said, I just sense the him sharing with me that, you know, he wants the Holy, the Holy Spirit wants to be so much more than we allow him to be in our life. There's so much more he wants to be for us. And it's kind of a little of a theme today we're going to talk about. Um, but I wanted to read that scripture real quick that um, the worship team um, sang because it's such a powerful verse. And it's in 2 Corinthians 3. And it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You know, the Lord wants us to live and walk in freedom in this life. And anything outside of that is not his desire for us. And you know, he'll always love us and care for us, even if we live this life without receiving and walking in the full benefits of his blessing of the Holy Spirit. And he'll always love us, but he wants so much more for us. And the way we receive that is we receive it through the worship, and we receive it through the knowledge of his word, and through the understanding and revelation of his Holy Spirit. And it's a transformation, it's a process. Remember the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians this great man of God, walked with God, saw miracles, did amazing things, wrote most of the New Testament, seasoned man of God. You'd think he'd, he'd seen it and done it all. And yet he wrote to this Philippian church. He bared his soul to them and he said, 
I've done it all. I've been the, with the most educated of the educated. I've been with governors. I've been with the high elite in the political system. I've done it all. I've seen it all. And God has used me greatly. I'm paraphrasing it. But he said, my one aspiration at this point was that I would know Christ more, that there was more. There isn't ever a stopping point. We can always grow more, know more, um, you know, receive more of him. And so um, that's what it's all about, our Christian life, as we receive Jesus and walk with him. He wants us to receive the full blessing of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's just been on my heart for quite a long while. It seems to be no matter what subject I, I plan to preach on, I kind of end up back on that topic. So I don't know about you, but... It's, it's a great thing. So those songs that we sang today, do we really believe those? Those are wonderful songs, powerful songs, that the battle's the Lord, we have victory in the Lord. There's no pit too deep, there's no battle too great, there's no impossible situation that God cannot deliver us out of. He will give us a way out. And even if the circumstances don't change, by his powerful, wonderful Holy Spirit, he will give us the ability and the power and the grace to walk through it. As Paul the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians, he shared all about his many afflictions. Pretty bad stuff. He was pretty bad, badly beaten, had some pretty hard things. I mean, really raw, ugly things. But he said, in all my afflictions, I am overflowing with joy. And how could Paul say that? Because he was filled to overflowing with the Spirit of God. In fact, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, he prays for the church and he says, I pray that you'll be filled with the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself and the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Paul said in Ephesians, I pray that your spiritual eyes would be open to that reality, that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you and quickens your mortal body. Now that's some kind of power, isn't it? That's resurrection power. And you know, we love power. We love those great powerful movies. The Avenger movie, I went to see that with Paul. You know how the guys disappear? They're, I'm, I'm kind of dumb about all that, but I was just blown away by that movie. But you know, they disappear. That's so neat to see. But did you know, mighty men of God have done even more amazing exploits than that by the power of God. And uh, so, you know, the world has its power, the world has its draw, but if we follow God, if we follow his word, we can look and see the great men and women of God that went before us. We can see how God did amazing things in their life. Amazing things. That's what we're going to talk about this morning um, as we get started. And I want to say, I lost my, my watch here, it's going to monitor my time. Um, so I want to pray for us as we um, get started this morning. Father God, thank you so much for this time together. Lord, we just love you. We just love you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you so much for your wonderful, wonderful presence. We just welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. We just want to know you more. We want to know how to cooperate with you more. And Lord, allow you, Holy Spirit, to minister to us, speak to our hearts. Give us wisdom. Give us direction, Lord. Help us to understand the greatness of you, Lord. Lord, I pray and thank you also, Lord, for the wonderful volunteers that work behind the scenes every Sunday morning to give us this wonderful pre uh, 
atmosphere so that we can come together around the table of your of fellowship and enjoy your presence and partake of your holy word, your authoritative word, your word that's transforming, your word that contains the power to save our soul. And Lord, I know more than anyone in here, Lord, I'm de totally dependent upon you and your grace and your power. And I ask that you would just uh, speak through me that this message would be a blessing and an encouragement to those in need today. But most of all, Lord, we pray, Lord, we just need a greater understanding, a greater comprehension of your great love for us. We need a greater understanding and a greater comprehension of the great grace that's toward us in Christ Jesus. And we need a greater understanding and a greater comprehension of the wonderful fellowship that's available to us through the wonderful Holy Spirit you have given to us to abide in us in this life. Lord, we thank you for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I, I want to say that I am so thankful for Pastor Ralph to allow me to share with you this morning a message. As he and um, Pastor Nancy are away this weekend. And uh, we, Paul and I were out of town last, la last weekend, Labor Day weekend. <clears throat> and we, we uh, regret we missed the services here um, for Labor Day Sunday services. But you know, as... Um, we think about Labor Day. For many of us, that's kind of a kind of a signifies to us the end of summer and kind of the beginning of fall, doesn't it? And I know for some of us, some of us are relieved about that. Some of us are relieved that we're looking at summer in the rearview mirror and we've got fall ahead of us. Some of us are just relieved and glad summer over. Now, some others of us, maybe in here, are kind of sad, kind of bummed out that summer's over because summer was fun, right? Some of us are wishing summer was still here. But um, either way you think about that, um, I guess depends on your circumstance. But I know one thing that I'm going to miss about summer is one of the things I love the most, <clears throat> one thing I love most about summer, I love watching or looking at all the videos and pictures of friends and family that post um, their photos of their family vacations or friends' vacations if they're going away or if they're having a staycation at home. I love to, to just look at the pictures. I especially love to look at the kids, how they're having fun and, and just enjoying life, exploring, and just doing crazy stuff. But I had an experience, interesting experience along that line uh, recently, a couple years ago. Uh, we, Paul and I have a mutual friend that um, had decided to take his family on a long vacation, extended vacation across the country by car. And they took their kids with them, and it was going to be a theme destination trip. They're going a very long trip, um, stopping at different sightseeing um, events. And so as he was posting these pictures every day um, on social media, after a few days, I started to think, my goodness, that is one, one blessed man. I mean, his kids, every picture he posted, I mean, it was, they were picture perfect. You know, and the kids were smiling, and they were just hugging each other. And I thought, this is a great, great family. How does his kid just look so well behaved? And everything just looked perfect, you know, in the pictures. Um, and so after the trip was over, a few weeks after that, I got a chance to see this uh, friend. We, we ran into him at an event. So I got to see him face to face. And the first thing I said to him was, ah, you know, I just loved your pictures. And I said, 
I am just so impressed that your kids get along so well because, after all, they're kind of pre-teenage. And I said, you, that's amazing. How do you do it? And before I could even get the sentence out, he had changed his body posture and he did his arms like this and he was shaking his head. He goes, oh, God, let me tell you the real story behind those pictures. <laughs> he said, that, the real story behind those pictures is my kids caught, fought like cats and dogs. And uh, he described the trip as miserable and brutal at times. And he said the only way I could get them to stop fighting was when we went, and I'd say, we're going to stop and take a picture. And so each time they would stop and take a picture, the kids would be fighting like cats and dogs. They'd jump out of the car, take a picture. And so he kind of got, uh, got the idea that, well, let me stop more and more and more. So he started, <laughs> he kept stopping more and more and more, thinking the more I stop, the more they're going to stop fighting. So obviously, what he was presenting on social media was the good experience of that trip. And what I was seeing, of course, was the good. And, but of course, really, there was the bad of that, that trip and probably some ugly things going on that trip he wouldn't want to talk about. But you know, that's human, isn't it? That's human that we want to present the best of everything that we do. And God created us that way, I believe, in the, from the Garden of Eden at the beginning of time. You know, God looked around at his creation, and he said, it's good. There wasn't any bad. There wasn't any ugly at that time. It was all good. And so I think we're innately, it's innately in us that we want to present the good because God designed us that way. But as we know the story, God made us free will agents, right? And so sin came in. Man, or some people, woman sinned. Man was hanging out there with woman, but whoever you think did the, whatever, <laughs> the fall of man happened. Sin entered in, and when sin entered in, the bad and ugly entered in our lives as well, you know. So, you know, that's kind of a lighthearted uh, story or example to share with you. You know, I haven't followed up with our friends, so I don't know. I pray that that got resolved and there's no more bad and ugly with his kids, that it's all good, right? But you know, some of us in our lives, our experience, we have experiences in our life and they don't go away after a short trip or they don't go away. And some of us are living in situations in our life and we can live in it simultaneously. We can have good going on and we praise God for that. And we want, that's what most people see when we go out, when we go to church, when we're in our, uh, go to school, most of the time, or, um, our, our jobs or whatever, when we're doing life, most of the time, there's always exceptions. There are always those people that just want to let it all hang out, you know? I'm not one of those people, but most of us, we want to present the good in our lives. But, you know, we can also simultaneously, while we're having living our lives, we'll, we can have good in our life, and then we can have bad, some bad in our life. Now, bad, we're pretty much okay sharing that with people. You know, we're, we're usually comfortable saying, putting, you know, calling in uh, the prayer line or um, email or, or whatever, uh, the prayer chain. We're, we're pretty okay sharing those things. Um, you know, pray for me, I'm sick, pray for my child, pray for uh, so-and-so's having financial needs, some very generic things. We're, we're pretty comfortable with that. And, and we, pray, we, we put in prayer requests and we see God answer those prayers. But you know, some of us can also, in our lives, not only have good and bad going on, we can have this category I kind of call the ugly, um, ugly situations in our life. 
And sometimes they can just be so ugly that we don't want anybody to know what's going on behind closed doors. Um, they can be so ugly and so difficult that they can be so painful and they can not only be something that we create or we're responsible for, but many times they can be situations in our life like extended family, um, family estrangement, and you know all kinds of things in our life that are very difficult, very painful, and quite frankly, we, we categorize them as hopeless. <laughs> like, that's just done. I mean, it's just, you know, I just have settled to live with this situation for the rest of my life. It's just so bad. <laughs> it can't change. Now, when I'm talking about this, it's important to make an important disclaimer here. I am not in any way if, if talking about a situation where someone is in an abusive situation. You know, if anyone's in a situation where they're being abused or their life is threatened or there's physical or sexual abuse, you know, the immediate required response to that is be removed from that situation. And we also, in some cases, have a legal obligation to report that. So I want to make that very clear that I am not talking about those specific situations. But I'm talking about situations in our life where we have just given up, you know, because it's just on and on and on in our lives. And it can be a, a, wide, a wide range of things, a wide range of categories, you know, in our life. I could mention a lot. I don't know anybody's business in here, but just from my experience, my life, my experience and things I have experienced. You know, it could be a family member who's an alcoholic, an alcoholic, um, and the things that you have to go through with that. It's shameful, it's embarrassing, it's hard. Or, you know, someone in your extended family that you don't live in, but live close to, or you, you have to engage in life with a difficult family situation. And sometimes behaviors and sometimes situations are so painful, so deep, and they can cause embarrassment. I um, mean, you might be saying in here, well, I don't know, everybody in here looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anybody in here would be having that category, and I'm not sure if, if this would apply to me today. But, you know, um, I just want to be very transparent with you. You know, I've never shared this before publicly. But, um, oh, thank you. Um, there was a um, time, and um, Paul and I have been married um, 21 years going on 22 years, and uh, there was a period of time in our marriage, I'm not going to say when, it was many, many years ago, um, that we were struggling in our marriage, and it was a point in our, our marriage we didn't know if we were going to make it. We didn't know if we were going to make it. And so we would come to, the church we were going to, we were in leadership, and we would come on Sunday mornings and sit together, and we would smile. And we, would, um, and we would praise and lift our hands, and we would talk to people, and nobody knew the hurt. Nobody knew the ugly that was going on in our life, because at that time, it just wasn't appropriate. It wasn't going to happen. I, you know, it wasn't appropriate to put that on the prayer chain, you know? <laughs> it just wasn't appropriate at the time. But, but we were going through some ugly stuff, and at points, it felt like it was hopeless. There was no way out. It wasn't going to be resolved, but as you see, we're happily married now, and we're together, and, and we're good, and, and God, through a process of time, he worked miracle in our life, but the reason I'm sharing that is just to, to, to let us know that, you know, we never know who we're sitting with, and that's not to, to say we're not getting anyone's business, but just to point that 
um, we can all at different times, we're, none of us are exempt from the ugly in our life. None of us, no matter who we are, we can never think we're so spiritual that we're never going to have those issues. So I just want to, 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 to uh, talk today, just share a, a scripture, a scripture passage, and talk today about uh, a person uh, in the Old Testament, a great man of God that had a lot of ugly in his life. He had a lot of good, a bad, and an ugly. And he was a great man of God, and that was David. And, you know, I love going back to the Old Testament and looking in, uh, at Old Testament men and women of God that the Hebrews says there are example to, to spur us on in our faith. You know, I love the recent messages we had over the summer. Pastor Willie did just an awesome message on transformational worship. Um, surrounding about Moses, then um, Pastor Ralph did one, I think his series was on Gideon, and um, I don't know, you did one on Holy Spirit, I'm not sure if you referenced the Old Testament or not, I'm sorry, but um, all of the sermons were good, but what I love about the Old Testament is um, the Old Testament, even though it was in a different dispensation, they were human beings that were so broken and so dysfunctional. <laughs> they had so many problems. And that's the wonderful thing about looking back at these examples of Old Testament men and women and seeing that, you know, God can go work in the deepest places of our life, in the broken places, in the hard places. And the point we're trying to make today is just remind us, encourage us today, that nothing is impossible with God. And if you've come in here today just to bring a uh, just um, the, the hope today is that this message will just bring a fresh breath of hope because some of us can get really weary day in and day out and never seeing change but today I just am impressed that the message you want to bring today is there is hope in Jesus Christ there is power in the blood of Christ and there is healing in the name of Jesus and God can do the miraculous when we've just about given up, that's when we're just on the brink of a breakthrough. And we're going to look at a man of God today named David. And David, many of you are familiar with King David in the Old Testament. He was a man after God's own heart. There was something special about David that we don't exactly know what it was that God went and picked him and handpicked him over other of his brothers. But the, the background story of King David was he lived in a time when Israel had kings, and there was a king already in place named Saul. But you know what? Saul did a lot of wrong things. He disobeyed God, and he, he, he became disqualified. And uh, God said, all right, I want to get a new king in. And in those days, the prophets were the ones that went and anointed the kings to be over Israel. So Samuel was a prophet of God, and God spoke to him and said, it's time. Uh, Samuel, I, Saul is disqualified, and I want a new king. I'm paraphrasing some of this, okay? But um, so uh, Samuel went, and he went to the house of David, and everybody thought that David's older brothers were going to be picked king. And David was the little runt of the family. He was the baby brother. He was the one that was out in the shepherd field. Um, tending sheep and of all the brothers they thought well 
some of these brothers are going to surely be picked kings. But God handpicked David and told Samuel he's the one because man looks on the outside appearance, but God looks on the heart. That's an important reminder for us today that the world looks on the exterior, but God looks on the heart. There was something special about David. We don't know exactly, but there was something in him. There was something about his character, his heart toward God, that God knew he was going to be the right king. And so that day was just turned little David's world upside down. I mean, turned him upside down. And um, he, he was anointed that day. Samuel put the oil of the oil on him, and the Spirit of God came on him, and the power of God came in manifestation. And um, he probably thought in his little mind, well, well, boy, this is going to happen right away. I mean, wow, this, this is just fabulous. This is amazing um, what's happening here. And so probably in his mind and everybody else's mind, you know, it was just a matter of days or weeks or maybe months before he was going to become king. But you know what? It didn't turn out that way. In fact, for the next 15 or 20 years, some scholars kind of, the range of that, he experienced a lot of affliction, a lot of trouble, a lot of persecution. He was having some good, good experiences in his life. He was a valiant man of war. People were honoring him and giving him accolades, and they loved David. But he was having some bad things happen, too. Um, and then he was having some really ugly things happen. And that ugly thing was his life was in danger. Saul was trying to kill him perpetually over the years. And he, he, was, he was constantly a fugitive back and forth because Saul was jealous of him, and Saul didn't want him to be king. And at one point, um, this is what happened in David's life, where we're going to start. And it's in First, um, first Samuel, and um, I'm just going to read that. First Samuel um, 27, verse um, 1. And it's First Samuel 27, verse 1. And it says, Then David said in his heart, Now I shall perish one day, by the hand of Saul, there is nothing better for me than I should escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hand. So David arose and went over with his 600 men. They were comrades of his that had defected with David from the army of the Israelites. And uh, David arose with the 600 men who were with him. And they went to Achish, son of Maak, the king of Gath, in the land of the Philistines. These were former enemies. But think about it. This valiant man of war, he was so despondent. He was so worn out at this impossible situation in front of him. And he was, not, he was a man of God. He was a man after God's own heart. But he certainly was far from perfect. And he probably missed it on this situation because he got worn out. He got despondent. He got weary. He goes, enough is enough is enough. Have you ever been in that situation where you've had impossible situations before you and you're like, how long is this going to be? How much more, God? How long? When God win? When God win? And sometimes we can get weary and sometimes we can just want to give up. So that's what David did. He ended up in the land of Philistines and they gave David and his men a city called Ziklag. So he had his own city, so life was good. So for a season there, when David lived there with his men, he had a good life. Things were going good right here. He had good things going on. Um, probably not so much bad or ugly, and he thought, my bad and ugly's over. But um, we're going to read um, 
the next account of what happened, um, David was uh, fighting with the, land, with the Philistines in war, and they, the Philistines were about to, to war with Israel, who David came from. You know, he was known as a valiant man of war. And um, they, some of the guys said, hey, we don't trust you, and we're not sure about you, so you need to go on home, back home with your homies, and just chill out there and go home and hang out there. So David was a little discouraged. They thought, okay. So he and his 600 men, they went back to their home in Ziklag to their wives and their children. So this is where we want to pick up in 1 Samuel 30. And this becomes, of all the things, the bad things that happened to David, all the impossible, uh, the impossible situations, all of the afflictions, all the ugly things that he had been enduring up until this time, his, his ugly is just about to get really ugly. And he's about to experience one of the worst situations of his life up until that point in his life. And so in, verse, in chapter 30, it says, When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites made a raid against, uh, I can't pronounce that, <laughs> and against Ziklag. They overcame Ziklag and burned it with fire, and they took captive the women and all who were in it, both great and small. They killed no one, but they carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, their wives and their sons and their daughters taken captive. Then David and the people were with him, raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because of all the people were bitter in soul. And I'm going to stop right there and make a little comment here. So here's, here's the situation. David's life is just in one day, good. You know, he's going home. Okay, we're going home, going home to our family. And that, so the day probably starts pretty good. So it starts to get bad, though, when, he starts to, when they start to ride into their city, Ziklag, and they start to see smoke burning. Ooh, that's bad. That's not a good sign when you start to see the city and smoke burning. So that's bad. But then it really gets ugly as they start to, to, to drive up or walk up or ride up to the city. And everything is just, just destroyed, just demolished. And I don't know about you, but the thought and the sight of 600 grown men sobbing and wailing and crying is a pretty ugly sight, would be a pretty ugly sight. Three 600 strong, mighty men of war wailing and crying and then out of that emotion, just raising up in anger and bitterness to David to the point that they want to stone him right there on the spot. So that's a pretty ugly situation, right? Pretty ugly. So, um, so here's, here's the turning point, what David did in that moment. He was in distress and bitter in soul. And it says in um, verse uh, 6, at the end of verse 6, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He did two things. Another translation says he encouraged himself. He strengthened and encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how they did that specifically, but we know that David wrote half of the Psalms um, in, the, in, the, in the book of Psalms. And although David was described as a valiant man of war, he's described himself as a great psalmist of Israel. You know, when we were worshiping this morning, I don't know about you, but the songs and the lyrics that we're singing, there's power, there's something that happens when we begin to worship the Lord. 
I don't know about you, but it strengthens me when I really meditate on the words and begin to sing. And that's a gift that God has given us. That's kind of a, a tool that God gives us to strengthen and encourage us in the Lord. And so I believe that's what David did. Um, he could have done some other things, but we have to believe that he would have been doing that because he was a great psalmist. In fact, many of the psalms that David wrote, he wrote them in those dark places, in those ugly places. And so that was the first thing he did. And the second thing David did, David inquired of the Lord. He said, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? And the God answered, pursue for you shall surely overtake and you shall surely rescue. And for time's sake, we won't read the rest of the story but God did an amazing miracle there. He um, actually provided a help for David that David wouldn't have known that was going to happen there. And, and God did an amazing thing. And God restored David's family. God restored his wives. God restored his children. God restored all of his belongings. And uh, God did an amazing miracle in the midst of an ugly situation. But I believe that the key was that David turned his heart to God. David worshiped God. David strengthened and encouraged himself in the Lord. When, when it was the darkest moment of his life, when it looked impossible, when it looked like this is it, I mean, I am done. I mean, I can't take any more, God. <laughs> Just at that lowest moment, David encouraged himself in the Lord, and he looked up to God. He sought the Lord. And he, he went to God first. He sought the Lord, and he won the battle. He won the victory. Now, David had a great victory there, you know? And now, David wasn't a perfect man, but this is a great, great example that David had a great victory. Now, if, if David had a great victory with the God of the Old Testament, how much more greater of a victory than you and I can have today with the God of the New Testament? Is our, God not, is our God not a big God? Is our God not the same God as he was for David as he is today? Amen? He's the same God, but what's greater, what's more powerful is the message of the song that the worship we sang this morning about um, there's freedom, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The great message, the great reminder for us today that nothing is impossible to God and that there's no pit too deep, there's no problem too hard. And just when we feel like we're going to give up, God has given us his, his precious Holy Spirit. He's given us the beautiful ministry of giving us songs to worship, to strengthen us, to encourage us. And you know, we can be in the dark moments of life. I like to call it a midnight hour. And we can call out to God, just like David did. And we can receive his strengthening. And we can receive his grace through the Holy Spirit that empowers us um, always. He's in us. He lives in us. If we're born-again believers, we just have to draw upon him and draw upon his power and draw upon his strength. Um, and we have a better covenant. We have a better a better covenant that David did. We have a better covenant today. We have a covenant of the covenant of the dispensation of the Spirit, where the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. He's a powerful God. He's a mighty God. And his power is not to be misused or misappropriated, but his power in us is to enable us to go forward 
with the mission that God has for us in the church and individually, going forward in this strength, to be able to say, as the Apostle Paul said, in all my affliction, I am overflowing with joy. And I want to read that real quick. Paul said, in all my affliction, in all my affliction, I am overflowing because of the greatness, treasure, treasure of God on the inside of us. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are driven to despair and persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We are always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. I don't know what your, what your impossible situation may be today, or if you don't have one, you may have one in the future, or you may have a difficult situation, but what I do know is God has the answer. God has the key, and it may not turn out, he may not have the answer or the solution as we think, but when we go to God and we worship him and we draw upon his strength and his grace and we draw upon his wisdom, he will give us the answer. He will give us the solution. I have just uh, witnessed a beginning of a miracle in my own family this last weekend. A family situation in my extended family that was so broken, so dysfunctional. I'd be embarrassed to tell you the details. For years, walked in shame. So broken, so broken. And I saw this weekend because I finally said, God, would you please give me the wisdom? I do not know how to handle this, but what I do know is I want restoration for my family. And it is so broken, and it is so sad. You're the only one that can do it. And I saw not a complete, but I saw a little bit. And I rejoiced in that little bit. I rejoiced in the little bit because I believe it encourages my faith. There's going to be more and more and more. You know, we live in a fallen world, and God loves broken people. God loves to take our broken, shattered lives. And he loves to bring us mercy. He loves to come in our lives and bring mercy, mercy and grace and healing. And I want to praise Almighty God that I'm seeing a, a, a progress in that. And if God can do that for me, God can do it for David. He can do it for you. Praise God. I want to close today um, with a psalm. A psalm I want to close as my closing um, verse today is Psalm 34. It's a, ver it's a psalm that David wrote in the midst of an impossible situation in his life. In the midst of an impossible situation, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Think about it. He was known as a valiant man of war. This is a little boy that knocked out the giant Goliath with a stone. He was a valiant warrior for God, and yet he described himself before he died as a sweet psalmist of Israel. There's something powerful about music. I'm learning more and more uh, since um, Pastor Willie did that, uh, shared us that sermon. God began to, to minister to me about that. More and more is important. Medical science is now proving that music uh, has a positive effect on our brain 
and our physical body, well, think how much more does God's music have on our spirit. Amen? And God wants us to receive that and partake of that ministry has. And so David knew the power of that. And I believe that's how David got through his impossible situations. Many times in the desert places, alone in caves, where no, everyone had forsaken him, everyone had rejected him, he thought his life was over, and he began to lift up his voice. And I'm going to read a few verses out of Psalm 34 as I close. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I will bless the Lord at all times. And think about it. David's in the midst of running for his life when he wrote this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I mean, he doesn't know from one minute to the next. Is he going to get caught? Is he going to get killed? And he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. You know, if you seek the Lord today, he will deliver you from all your fears. Amen. He's the same God of the old as he is today. He's no respecter of person. And those who look at him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. I'm going to skip down a few verses for time's sake. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. You know, sometimes when we're in impossible situations and hard things, we want to run to other things. Some of us want to run to the Internet. Some of us want to run to food. I'm, I'm, I'm raising my hand on both of those. Some of us want to run to other bad stuff. But you know what? If we will have faith and run to God, let him be our first refuge. We'll see miracles happen. We'll see deliverance happen. God's not judging us. He's not mad at us. God's wanting to help us and help us to see there's nothing in this world that can bring complete freedom except him. He wants us to put him first. He wants us to enjoy our life, sure. But he wants, he wants to be first. Then you can do that other thing. Put him first, then you can do those things. But make sure you put him first before you do the other things. Amen? So, he tastes and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer one in hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And then I'm going to read on down. I'm just going to read 19... I'm going to end with 19. Oh, no. I'm going to read verse 17 through 19, and I'll close with that. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed spirit. Some of us in here have lived with situations in our lives where you, it's just all you know. Your spirit has been crushed so many years, you don't know any, any way to, any different to live or any way else to feel. And there's brokenheartedness, and there's disappointment. And you've been disappointed so much in your life, you don't even want to try to have hope. That's how bad your life has been. I'm here to tell you today that there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in the Lord Jesus. He is near to those of a brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Praise God. And many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them. The Lord delivers him 
out of them all. As long as you and I are in this fallen world, we're going to have affliction. We're going to have the good, we're going to have the bad, and we may time to time have the ugly. It's an unfortunate fact. But praise God, as the Apostle Paul said, in all my affliction, I am overflowing with joy, praise God. And that's because of who we are in Christ. That's the ministry of the wonderful, powerful Holy Spirit. He wants to be so much more in our lives than we allow him to be. Think of the greatness he did with King David. And King David didn't have the blessing that you and I have in this dispensation. He didn't have the Holy Spirit living in him as you and I do. He, the Holy Spirit just wants to be more. He wants to say, come, let me be. Let me be your help in affliction. Let me comfort you. Let me deliver you. Let me envelop you in my presence so I'll be that buffering agent around you so that you can walk through the fire and not be burned, glory to God. You can walk through affliction. And even if the circumstance doesn't change, praise God, you'll be victorious, you'll be overcoming, and you'll be part of the blood-bought, overpowering church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's what God wants for us today. He wants to be so much more. It's not a message of condemnation. It's not a message of shame, shame. It's just a message of compassion. God loves us. God wants so much more for us. He doesn't want us to suffer. He wants to have all, he just wants us to, to, to enjoy him and be able to live in this life in a way that honors and glorifies him. Amen. Father, thank you so much for this time. And I just pray that, Lord, if there's anyone in here today that's in those situations, um, that they're going through those um, difficult times, ugly times in their life. Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would minister to them right now, that they would have the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, just like in a home where we open the windows to let the fresh air in because it's gotten so stale. Some of us in here have gotten weary that my situation's never going to change. But Father, I pray today this message would impart hope, impart encouragement in part of fresh breath of, of inspiration and hope that all things are possible with God and he that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us and enables us to be victorious to strengthen us to guide us to help us to encourage us to be our counselor to be everything that Jesus said he would be in this life Lord help us to grow more and more into an awareness and a comprehension of your ministry to us in this time. Praise God. Thank you so much, Lord. We worship you today. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Lord, I speak and pray for anyone in here who's struggling with depression. Lord, I so know what that is. Lord, I know that you psalm that says Psalm 40, the Lord delivered me out of a glory clay. He lifted me up out of that pit, that pit of depression. So I pray right now, I just come against that in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. Anyone in here that's struggling with depression or discouragement, Lord, I pray. I pray. I just pray, Lord, for, for, for just the presence of the Holy Spirit to just surround them, Lord, to, to, to lift that off of them. Be the glory and the lifter of their head. Lord, you came to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that we 
is for us as believers in Christ. But we need to make that decision. Um, and being born again is simply um, believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing with your mouth that he is Lord. Um, that's so crucial. You know, Jesus said, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to saving knowledge of him. You know, this life is a fleeting moment. relationship with Jesus Christ, and no one can come to the Father except through Him. So we have wonderful people here, myself included. If you'd like to make that decision today, or if you'd like prayer for anything, um, at the end of the service, we'll be up here for a little bit. We'd be so thrilled and happy to pray with you, um, And but we're going to go ahead and, for time's sake, we're going to go ahead and allow the gentleman to come forward with the offering, and I don't have any offering scriptures to Thank you for the blessing. We thank you for the opportunity to give, and we pray blessings over those 